uh, Bill Lublin was was the one that kind of changed my mind. You know, he's like, you got all the pieces and parts. And he goes, one day you are going to get out of it and nobody behind you's name is going to be Scott Lincecum. I'm like, that's a good point. He said, if you want to grow something, you've got Lori as a partner. You have the opportunity to do something bigger. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, General Manager of the U.S. Market for Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents leverage the power of verified reviews. You can find out more at ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 279 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As I always say, thank you so much for tuning in even though it's a podcast. And thank you so much for telling a friend about the Real Estate Sessions. Today, we're headed to Pinehurst, North Carolina, and we are going to chat with Scott Lincecum. Scott is uh, one of the partners in Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Lifestyle Property Partners. Scott is a former professional golfer. He is an expert in golf properties and, and all the things that happen up there in Pinehurst. Uh, he's got a wonderful story uh, that includes some snowboarding and and a little Spanish television advertising sales. It's very interesting. Let's get this thing started. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Bill. How are we doing today? It is a beautiful day, typically in Piners, but I am in Hilton Head right now. So uh, there's a theme running through those places, <laughs> uh, Piners, Hilton Head. <laughs> um, you, Scott, we're going to talk, we get to talk a little bit about golf today, which is, you know, my passion. I say passion, my wife says obsession. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But you take it to a whole nother level. So we'll, we'll get to addiction. that. But, Let's call it an yeah. addiction. Addiction. Yeah, you, I see you're sitting on this beautiful deck of a home in, in the Hilton Head area. The fans are twirling and I'm holding you up from a tea time. So let's get going. That's um, right. I know you grew up in Atlanta. We've talked about this before. And but 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 Pinehurst, you spent a lot of time there. Talk about why Pinehurst, you know, from somebody who grew up in Atlanta. Yeah, I did. Uh, my grandfather uh, went to World War II, actually went to Duke Medical School, went to World War II, came back. Uh, our family's from West Virginia, but always loved the Carolinas. So in about the early 60s, they found a place that I am very fortunate to be a member of and live at, the Country Club of North Carolina, which you came up and played a couple yeah. of times so far. Cool. Uh, and uh, it just, I was very lucky that they found it. And then uh, growing up in Atlanta and really going to Pinehurst my entire life, it just, I, I I don't even know how I ended up living there other than it was dumb luck, even though I knew it. And it was, yeah, I never thought I would live in Piners. That wasn't like a goal. Uh, but, you know, playing on the mini tours a little bit, known as a donor, which I didn't make any money. I just donated money. Uh, <laughs> you know, it just happened to be the spot where I traveled out of, and it was really easy up and down the East Coast to travel. And uh, it just ended up staying there 21 years now. It's incredible. Wow. Golf's a big been a big part of your life. Your dad's a golfer. Your your boys play golf now, right? No, Everybody's I wish they golf. did. They have all oh, they don't. clubs. Now they do patty for me. Okay. And, and actually not for me, for we have a pretty pretty big gangsome. So there's two guys that they drag them out of the house and they caddy for them. They don't caddy for me. I wonder if there's uh there's a father son issue there, right? I no, mean it's they kind of them when I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Even better, <laughs> awesome. Um, so, wh wh what was golf like for you as a kid? I mean, were you playing early on? I grew up with a cutoff seven iron, weighed probably forty five pounds at the time. 
swinging the thing all over the place. And I was really a baseball player. That was my, I think my parents tell me my first word was pitch and they wore their arm out. So I, uh, baseball was kind of my thing. I did not, I played a lot of golf, but it just came very natural to me. And I really didn't play a lot of competitive golf till I was in my late twenties. Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow, that's interesting because I, you know, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that story about you know you played some ju- you know junior golf, AGA, and then you, nope. you decided no to junior golf, no AGA, no high school, high school golf. I did, but I was the quarterback on the football team, and I okay. played baseball and golf. Uh, but my baseball coach said you can't play baseball and golf, and I said okay, then I'll go play golf. Okay, that's where the that's yeah. where the decision was made. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, and then really played a ton of golf when I went to Auburn. I was an aviation management major. So I flew, which gave me a lot of time to play golf. Uh, I was done with classes probably by 10, 1030. And the okay. days I flew, I was probably done by two o'clock. Yeah. So dragged my fraternity brothers out of bed and they wouldn't go to class. And I'd already been to class and, you know, play a <laughs> bunch of golf. I was really, my snowboarding was my passion back in the day. So I moved to Aspen for about four and a half years and it was in the snowboard business. <laughs> yeah. We're going we're going a lot of different places there. So first first of all, you're in Atlanta. There was nothing at Georgia Tech or, or any other schools there at Georgia that worked I, for you. What I, what dragged I, you over to Alabama, you know, to go to Auburn? I went to Georgia Southern and thought I might play football at Georgia Southern, but realized that was not going to happen if I wanted to walk the rest of my life. And uh <laughs> So love Georgia Southern States. Statesboro is a cool town, but uh, ended up a good buddy of mine was at Auburn. So I transferred to Auburn uh, and wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I grew up. So my dad bribed me to get out of school any way possible because uh, I really wanted to move out west. And he said, you go to you make it you get a degree and I will help you get out west. I'm still relatively new to the South. I've only been here for uh, four years now. Um, I've heard all about SEC and football and Auburn, Alabama, the Iron, all that stuff, Incredible. right? Uh, what's it like? Was what was it like going to the to to Auburn, right? Oh, and yeah. having having that that uh, rivalry with that with Alabama, not to mention every other school in the SEC. It was incredible. You know, my dad went to Georgia Tech. Actually, went to NC State and then Georgia Tech. So I grew up around Georgia, Georgia Tech forever. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Auburn, Alabama, really Auburn, any SEC yeah. game felt like always a big game. But Auburn, Alabama was, uh, I was there the year Auburn was, uh, they'd got their hands slapped. So we were on probation a few years. So we went 11 and 0 the year. And, you know, student tickets were going for like 500 bucks. And I was like, I'm not selling my ticket. I mean, it yeah. was, it was pretty awesome. It was yeah. it was quite an experience. Yeah, it's. A, I've only been to a, a one game so far, Florida game. Um, but but the the goal is to make my trip up through the south and 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 visit all those stadiums and again somehow get into them. Yeah, and Jordan Hare's pretty awesome. Yeah, it'll be great. You so I, I knew you. I knew you. You were a professional golfer. You were going that route. Was the snowboarding prior to the golf career? It was. Wow. So you yeah. you you go to Aspen, which. Uh, unbelievable place, incredible. And, and and you you're uh, you're you're working in the snowboarding business. Were you uh, were you selling boards? Were you were well, you? I was, uh, yes, I, I was. I was on the sales and tech side. So I, I I ended up running the largest 
it was the second largest snowboard shop in the world at one point. It was in Snowmass. So I was wow. 24, 25 years old, three stories. I forget how many 10,000 square feet. I'm, I might be exaggerating a little, but I had 20 some odd guys to, to manage. So I would wake up in the morning to about 11, go snowboard for about three hours, come back, work till about 10, go out at night and do it all over the next day. So, but it was unfortunately a seven day a week job. Wow. Yeah, it, uh, obviously out. seasonal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> Which, in summers I'd play golf. I was going to say perfect there yeah. or did you go back East coast? No, I'd stay out there. I mean, I got okay. to play with Andy mill quite a bit at that time. He was married to Chris Everett and, and a guy named Dave Stapleton, who was a big skier, and just the the, the amount of athletes in Aspen was yeah. was incredible, and they all love golf. And I was probably the youngest of all of them. They were, you know, they were probably in their thirties, forties, and fifties, and I was in my twenties. And we had some uh, we had some great matches, but they're the ones that you're, you know, you're a pretty good player. You should you should go play some tournaments. So I went and played some tournaments in Colorado, and I won a couple of them. And I'm like, this is easy. So uh, they were like, "You should be a pro." I'm like, "All right." So I moved to I moved to Phoenix for a year to get my game in shape. Wow! So yeah. I'm take. Can I assume you left Aspen with a little bit of their money? I did. Yeah. I, I <laughs> okay. Good. That's- I, I didn't have a lot of money to be gambling, but I don't have a lot now. <laughs> but I had zero then. <laughs> the snowboard uh, business was. I wasn't making a ton of money. I think I was making about thirty eight thousand dollars a year living in Aspen, which is that's in most people's sock wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so look, I, I lived in Phoenix for 17 years. Where'd you live in Phoenix? What course did you, did you kind of, kind of hang out at one place and try to work your game up? Cause I, I'll tell you what, in, in, in the late nineties, right. It was probably about the same time frame. Yeah. Close. 99,000. I, I, I remember in 99 playing a round of golf, just walked on to Toka sticks as a single. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, is it Toka Sticks? Talking Stick. I'm sorry. There's two different courses. Talking Stick up on Scottsdale. Yeah. And I played, I played with Robert Garrigus. Yeah, who was who was at who was at Scottsdale Community College had a sponsor and was trying to get on tour. So that be that you're the same thing, just a little bit older than he was, maybe. Yeah, so I played on the Western States tour okay. back then, which was basically one and two two day events. They may have a three day here and there, but I had to, I worked at Tempe. I wore knickers. And I was basically a cart guy, but that was the only job that I could be a little more flexible with than like maintenance. Cause I, I grew up, well, my whole family, my, my uncle is, was a superintendent for about 50 years. Okay. And I grew up working on a golf course from 12 years old was the first time. So I'd always on the maintenance side. What, uh, so what course was that? Ken McDonald country club. And what, I mean, I mean, I mean, in Tempe, which course was it? Oh, the Tempe, the Arizona State Golf Course. Oh yeah, so, so you're I playing Carson. Play with, Carson. Oh, yeah, Carson. Yeah, so I got to play with Paul Casey was there, Jeff yeah. Quinney was there, Grace yeah. Parks was there, and then my buddy who actually walked on the team, his name's his name's Chris O'Connor. He was, I think, he was the second walk on at the time to walk on the golf team. Wow. So I wanted to work there. One is their practice facility was awesome, even though I didn't get to practice on their end. And I was a bunch of you know around a bunch of good players. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, such a great course. I, I I must have played it fifty times. I mean, oh, yeah. I love hard hard course. <laughs> but, I got to uh, wear knickers. And yeah, I, I remember the outfit that the yep. guys wore. Yeah, that's cool. Knickers that were uh, <laughs> synthetic material, and in the summer, you you might as well have just melted. 
<laughs> I get it. Wool, you know, wool socks and synthetic pants in Arizona is a great, great combination if you want to. No, look you got you need, you need to be in shorts, yeah. right? And uh, so let's 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 bring you back to Pinehurst somehow. Okay. Uh, you come back to Pinehurst, and um, you know you snowboarding stuff must be over because you're coming back to Pinehurst. I'm That's thinking. right. And golf is your focus now. You've, you've, you're you're going to play the tours. Do you play some of the mini tours on the East Coast now? Yes. Yeah, so there was nothing to play in out West, actually. Okay. You had to go yeah. to California, and I wasn't going to go to California. There wasn't much in Texas. So uh, at that point, I'm like, let's head back wet. Let's head back East. Moved uh, back in with my parents for about four months, which was good, but you know, it was, it, and there was no place to play in Atlanta. So my folks were like, hey, you should move up to Pinehurst. We got, you know, the house up there. You can play at CCNC. You can practice. And it put me on the East Coast to travel a little bit easier because 95 right. wasn't too far. So I uh, moved up there, moved in, you know, moved into the, the, the old family house for a little bit and spent about six to eight months living out of my car most of the time. So I wasn't there much. Yeah. Uh, my wife or my wife then, uh, she was my caddy. So we lived in a car for like six to eight months a year. Yeah. That I think that, I think, um, like someone you play golf with that doesn't know you like today, you're, you're a, a very good golfer. Your handicap's probably plus, you know, at CCNC and for golfers, they know what that means. Um, so when people watch you play, they go, oh my gosh, why aren't you a professional? I'm sure you've heard that over and over and over. And you have to tell them, you don't understand. Well, there is a level. Right. <laughs> Even when I was good, I wasn't that good. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, you're, you're, are, you're, those guys are exceptional. Uh, yeah. and, and even when I was playing to, we're trying to play to the guys now, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's evolved probably since tiger. Cause tiger was just coming out when I was trying mm-hmm. to kind of start. Uh, and obviously he's a few years younger than me, but you know, the, the, the only person probably before tiger, a few was like Gary player where, you know, physical strength and full on really working at it, not hanging out the golf course and then going out and having a few beers and, you know, coming to the golf course, chipping and putting. And that's just kind of what people did. Now it's, now it is a, it is a, and it was always a real sport, but these guys now are, just unbelievable specimens. Yeah. And they pound yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's the occasional one that looks like they're from the eighties or seventies. You right. go, wow, that, that looks a little different. Everybody oh, else is going out here, the flat bellies and, and everything's, you know, all set up and yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so we, you, you are a very successful realtor in Pinehurst. You've been doing that now for I don't know, 15, 16 years, yeah. right? That's your thing. 17. Yeah. Yeah. So how did how did real estate enter the picture for you? Because you had to be had to be this moment where you said, okay, right. it's time it's time to do something different. Yep. So I ended up finished playing, got into the golf business for about a year. Uh, and there's no money in the golf business, or at least Pinehurst is is a great area, but that's more of a springboard to go somewhere else. It's a great training ground. And I mm-hmm. really wasn't ready to leave Pinehurst. So uh, worked in the golf business a little bit, was not my fit. And I love the snowboard business and love the sales side of it. A good buddy of mine, uh, I was asking how to get out of the golf business and back into sales. So he uh, he worked for a television station or actually a television company. And he got me a job at a few places. And, and the one I uh, was hired by was 
Univision 40. Wow. Which is the Spanish language television station here in, in Raleigh, actually, up, up, you know, about an hour north of us. And uh, that's what I did for about 18 months. I sold Spanish language television. You're selling ads? Like to- spots. Yeah. yeah, spots. Yeah. So, uh, wow. So do you speak Spanish? I do not. Do you speak a little bit now? Uh, I do not. <laughs> so, so I'm just guessing that, that this was this was not super simple. I mean, you're a pretty good sales guy if you were selling. Simple. What's that? Right. So they were trying to really capture kind of the south, southern part of North Carolina. Okay. And the main individuals that advertised were car dealers, attorneys, some banks. Yeah. Uh, and to, to go after the Spanish language market, you have to have somebody in your office, mm-hmm. like their office, that spoke Spanish. So most of the individuals I sold to did not speak Spanish. They just knew that was a market they wanted to be a part of. Right, yeah, exactly, gotcha, gotcha. exactly. Okay. So now when I was working there, I, I understood it very well. My my ability to speak was, towards the end, I started to uh, go after Spanish-speaking companies because yeah. I'd go in and I'd know enough and they knew I was trying. Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 it was, it was guerrilla warfare sales. Yeah. You know, in the beginning I was a little hesitant and after a while, I think I put just under 70,000 miles on my car in that 18 months. Wow. So, so, so then you realize, okay, this is, this is probably still not the wrong, not the right place yet. Because the right place for you is absolutely real estate. And oh, golf. Yeah, I was going to say. And so, hold on, let me sell real so, estate where there's... How many yeah. golf courses are within a 10-mile radius of you? 52-ish. <laughs> 52-ish. 52-ish. So, yeah. golf, homes, and we got, Scott's, yeah. we, Scott's, we, got, we got Scott's career. That's right. So, actually, how I got into it is Webb Simpson, who's... Pretty good golfer himself. Yeah, yeah. I played a lot of golf with him growing up, and his dad owned York Simpson Real Estate in Raleigh, which at that point was the biggest independent. And he approached me one day, said, "Hey, I know you're probably looking for something else to do because you're driving quick, quick, you know, tired of driving all over the place." So he said, "Why don't you do real estate?" And I said, "Well, Mr. Simpson, that'd be great, but you know, I got a job that pays me money, and this this is commission, and I'm not." He goes, I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. And he made me a deal. And, uh, you know, he said, if you if, if it doesn't work, you don't owe me a penny and I'll pay you the same thing you were making for six months. He said, but if you sell something, it comes out of that. And I was like, okay, great. And I was like, eh, we'll see. Went and took my test at night while I was working the other job. So I went to, you know, would, would get home about midnight, wake up at five, go to job and, you know, did that for about three months. So I got my license and then got my broker's license simultaneous. Back then you could do that. Okay. And then uh, about two weeks before my state test, the Univision crowd was like, yeah, you've been great, but we're going to move forward. We're going to move on. Because I didn't tell them what I was doing because I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. So they gave me a little package that lasted about three months. And at that point I was able to take my test, passed it, and uh, went to work for, it was a very small shop at the time. She was horse related and they needed a golf influencer. 
Okay. And uh, my first week, I wrote two offers, and I was born for it. Wow. I, I can't even imagine that the fact that the type of person who's looking to buy a home in Pinehurst, who's, but there must be a ton of second homes. I'm just guessing, right? Kind of uh, summers. It, it should be coming less and less. When okay. I first started, there was. Now, a lot of people are moving there because it's an incredible place to live. Right. And and they they tend to want to golf as well. Yeah. Yeah. So golf and, and yeah, you golf know, and horses. It's a big, uh, I think we're the second largest horse community on the East Coast next to, behind Ocala. And I know you've got the horse uh, air, the horse side of things covered with Audrey. You've got That's the right. golf side of things. And then right. Lori, yeah. Lori's helping manage stuff. <laughs> I don't know how she does it. It's amazing. She's a miracle. <laughs> a miracle worker, definitely. Tell, tell me, um, if someone's never been to Pinehurst, describe Pinehurst. Pinehurst is uh, Mayberry in color with 50 golf courses. Wow. Yeah, I like right? that. So it's a yeah. small town. Don't have, I mean, it's getting a little bigger, but it's a, it's a, you know, we've been voted the safest city to live in in North Carolina, I think for 23, 24, 25 years straight, something like that. Okay. So it, it's a very, uh, it's heavy community involvement, you know, a ton of individuals that, that, that get involved for, for a number of things. But that's the main reason the USGA likes bringing the U.S. Open to Pinehurst is because there's so many volunteers, mainly because our town is or used to be retiree driven. Right. Uh, so, you know, finding 5,000 people to volunteer for a golf tournament they all live within about a mile from volunteering on the golf course. Yeah. And they pull up in the golf carts. Yeah. That's awesome. I, you know, think about the, um, you know, a lot of resort towns, you know, have lots of, lots of hotels and lots of rooms and lots of stuff. That is not Pinehurst. I mean, when you bring a big U S open in there, I mean, people are traveling along quite a ways into town for the tournament itself, right? They might be driving down from Raleigh just to come for a day. Right. Oh yeah, most people stay in Raleigh. I yeah. think I think there's only like twenty eight hundred beds in Moore County. It's it's a very small number in terms yeah. of hotel, you know, hotels. Obviously, the Carolina, uh, Manor, Holly are all run by Piners Resort mm-hmm. or Piners Country Club Resort. And uh, but outside of that, you know, you have your normal your normal hotels. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, you know, for, for those big events, they're coming from Raleigh and, and you don't, you park about 17 miles out. Yeah. And get get shuttle, shuttle, there's yeah. no, there's no room for it. I mean, yeah. you've been there. It's, oh yeah. It's an amazing little town. I, I can't wait to go back. I think I'll be going back in, I don't know, October maybe. Um, let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about you connecting with Better Homes Garden and Lori Davis. How did that, how did that yeah. all play out? So I went on, on went on my own uh, in 2013. I felt like I was ready after about eight years, which I probably wasn't, but I felt like I was. I'd had a few good partners before then, but I was I was kind of ready to stretch my wings out. And I started with Scott Linscombe Properties, the driving force in real estate. So it was all golf, golf logo. I mean, I had two other guys that went in with me, and we were all golfers, and we were going to capture the golf market. Yeah. Uh, which was great, but uh, I realized I probably needed some more help because I'm a better salesperson than manager. Mm-hmm. I've learned to manage now, but in the beginning, I you know, which really took me off point of uh, really what I wanted to do, and that was sell. But then having two agents, 
it doesn't matter if it's one agents or a hundred agents. If you got somebody underneath you, it's, it's, it's a management role yep. as well. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I was on, I was president going to be president of the MLS and Lori was also on our board. I think she was going to be president of the association. And we, you know, kind of met in, uh, through the board and she was with K-Dub before and I'd brought a lot of, a lot of enthusiasm and an emotion, an emotion to real estate. And she was, I think, phasing out of the big brand stuff, wanting to maybe, you know, do something a little smaller. Mm -hmm. And somehow I enticed her to come over and be my partner because I, you know, she realized I probably needed a lot of help. I at that point I didn't know what I didn't know. I promise you, because yeah. you know, because she was she is very techy as well, which I was I was there. I just didn't know what to do with that, how the pieces and parts, but uh, couldn't put it together. So she came in and and she sells, but you know, I think she likes the kind of the putting it all together side, yeah, uh, as much as the sales side, which I, I'm not as in favor of the putting together side. I just come up with the idea and then turn the other way and let everyone else figure it out. Yeah. You, you but, didn't, you didn't hire the geeky girls. You partnered with one of them. Smart. That's right. Smart. That's huh? right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so now you're with BHG, you're doing some really good stuff there. Uh, yeah. You're, you're I never a brand. Yeah. It, look, you're heavily involved in, you're doing video stuff and you're doing some great stuff there. It's gotta be. And I think that partnership really was, the start of all that. It's right? it's a great fit. You know, I never thought I'd want to be a brand. And then yeah. uh, Bill Lublin was, was the one that kind of changed my mind. You know, he's like, you got all the pieces and parts. And he goes, one day you are going to get out of it. And nobody behind you's name is going to be Scott Lincecum. Right. I'm like, that's a good point. He said, if you want to grow something, you've got Lori as a partner, you have the opportunity to do something bigger and he's century 21 obviously and yep. he didn't say he didn't say go be a brand but he said you probably need to think bigger than the way you're thinking so that was in 2015 nar 2015 and uh i told Lori, i woke up the next morning saw her at the convention center i'm like we should be a brand and she was like what i'm like yep who should we be let's go let's talk or let's talk to people or at least you know yeah and we met gary chris and it was an instant, like, that's it. Like, we talked to maybe a few others, but, and I said, the brand really resonates with with our market. Mm -hmm. uh, and I knew it. And, you know, the, the one thing about Better Homes and Gardens is you don't have to explain what it is. People already know what it is. It's a magazine, but they know the brand. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. So it, it, it's incredible. You, um, you, you would be the person then if somebody was like really trying to work a particular niche. You know, they really wanted to be specific. Yours was golf and, and there's horses and there's uh, vacation homes and all kinds of different things. Is there, would you get, what kind of advice would you give somebody who's knows what they're doing, but wants to get really specific? Uh, I would say, and I've said this actually to agents in our market, whatever you're passionate about. So my, 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 probably my best example, which is a little off the cuff is I had an agent who worked for actually Sotheby's at the time, not with us. And we worked a few deals together and, uh, she was like, you know, I really like what you do. How'd you come up with that? I said, well, I love golf. And, uh, she, I said, what do you do? She goes, well, I show dogs. She, she breeds and shows German shepherds. 
So I said, well, then you must be around a bunch of dog people. You know, everyone's going to need a house at some point, rental, sale, commercial piece, whatever, land. So she ended up leaving Sotheby's and, and the name of her company was Best in Show. Oh, <laughs> So it was mainly dog people who she worked with. Yeah. And so it's not, you know, I tell people it's not a price point. It may not even be a location. It, it, it has to be what, because if you love something, what if it's playing dominoes, the people you're going to be hanging out are probably going to be like dominoes too. So, you know, any, it's, it's the people that you can relate to and talk to and probably are very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. But that's how you find your niche, I think. Yeah. That's what I tell my agents. That's great. And other agents that talk to me. Networking is a big part of your your success. It and is. you started a new event last year. It was kind of, they will call it the inaugural, you know, I don't know the exact name, but I'm just going to call it the, let's go have a great time at Pinehurst with some people that love to play golf yeah. and talk some real estate. <laughs> so we call it the Pinehurst Real Estate Golf Convention minus the convention part. <laughs> 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 and 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 what that does is I'm, i imagine you're it, it's there's the plan behind that is not only does it connect you with some more people but exposes them to to, to pinehurst maybe yeah. they maybe they haven't been there before opens up a whole lot of doors for you it does yeah that's cool it does yeah and and it it, it like i said i love my town i want people to see it and, and in our business i mean had you you'd been to pinehurst before Coming up, no first time, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, knew that. I, I can't, uh, and I'm coming back in a couple of weeks, so I'm really excited yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's such a neat town, and and if you love golf and, and love, I mean, I love the South as well. Mm -hmm. The people are extremely friendly. Uh, you know, it, it's just it it really is a relaxing environment. Yeah, yeah. and I'm very lucky to live there. Market going to stay strong? You think? Is it is it protected from some of the some of the things that are out there? I know everybody doesn't. There's no inventory now, but as we get through this piece, you know, I, I think my main worry is people have found Pinehurst, and we are just at the beginning. Oh boy, yeah, which is really scary for me. It's great. I mean, having a niche gets you through these times, but. We were such value before all this, and nobody really knew about it. And you know, it, what what this what has happened in the last year has changed a lot of people's thinking and how they're doing business. So, with remote working, uh, we've never had a millennial buyer pool ever, unless they were military. Right. And the millennials are like, you know, it's it's a massive buyer pool that that is out there and i think that's one of the main reasons that we're seeing shortages everywhere because the buyer pool's so big four years ago they said they would you know the 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 powers that be said millennials are never gonna buy they're gonna rent forever and now with interest rates at two and a half it's like they, they are extremely intelligent individuals and they're like why should i rent when i can buy a house and pay a thousand dollars less and own it and all the buy, by the way, I'm going to buy about four more of them in Airbnb for a second income stream. Yeah. So you, you got, you know, back in the day, I would say with, with uh, baby boomers, they'd buy one house and that was kind of it, maybe a second house where millennials are buying a primary, a secondary and six rentals. Wow. Yeah. So you hit the nail on the head with the remote working. It's going to radically change. Uh, yeah. 
we don't have to live in urban centers. We can live wherever no. we want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I got to get you out on the golf course. Let me ask you the same final question I've Great asked. <laughs> same question I've asked every guest. What, one, okay. what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started? Uh, niche yourself. Like you got to, you've got to be the expert in whatever it is you're going to do. Uh, and you've got to like being around the people you're, you're, you're going to help. That that's, that's always important. Yeah. Scott, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, they can always email me. Scottlinscom at gmail.com. They can call me at 910-315-7856. They can go on my Facebook page if you want to look at great pictures of golf courses that I post when it's nice outside and sometimes when it's not. Yeah. Uh, and you can always find me online at lifestylepropertypartners.com. Uh, Thank you so much for your time today, Scott. This was awesome. And look, I want to I want to point out to listeners, those are not piped in birds like Maybe, no, they're not. Maybe some courses might have done <laughs> over the years. You're sitting right. on this beautiful deck in Hilton Head, South Carolina. It is just fantastic. Enjoy the rest of your uh, trip. And and thanks so much for your, for your time today. You got it, buddy. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to The Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. <laughs>